1: It's Sunday evening, and welcome to Blog Talk Radio. Your hosts for tonight's show are Robert Brining and Jeremy Dunn. They'll be taking your calls and speaking on the topic of the week. You're encouraged to call in and share some of your life experiences with us. The number to call is 347-215-9442. That number again, 347 215 Ninety four forty two. Welcome to Pause I am Radio.
0: Good evening, everyone, and welcome to the first Pause I Am Radio show of two thousand and twelve. I am your host, Robert Brining, and shortly my co-host will be joining me, Jeremy Dunn. Um I want to wish everybody hope you all had a great um holiday season, uh, whether it was Hanukkah, Kwanzaa, uh Christmas, whatever you celebrated, hope it was a great one and a happy new year. Um, I'm excited to be back. I felt like we've been here forever. Um, it, it's been about three weeks since we have uh, had a show, so I kind of feel disconnected from everybody, not being able to connect with everybody this Sunday. So I want to thank you all for tuning in. If you're tuning in for the first time ever, you um, for joining us. What we do here at Posseum Radio is we offer a safe space for people to share their stories and offer hope to people living with HIV and AIDS, and we do this every Sunday at 9 p.m. here on blog Talk radio so it is um you know an honor to do it and we are about three and a half years into this and uh jeremy and i uh are having a great time doing it so i'm waiting for jeremy to uh give me a call in here so we can uh start talking about well, what he's been up to but while i'm waiting oh there he is jeremy
2: are you there i'm here i'm here hi how are you i'm good how are you Good. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. I know it's been like forever.
0: Right? Three weeks. I feel lost. I know. I
2: oh, it's it's been way too long. We we shouldn't stay right. away from each other that long.
0: All right. Well, the holidays landed on Sundays both times, so it was a bummer.
2: I know. But did you have a good holiday?
0: I had a great holiday, actually. Did uh, you know, the, the whole family thing it was it was really nice.
2: Oh, nice. I was really good. It was it was lovely. It was nice and low key. My family was here and um had a great time. Um and what else did we do? Um let's see, what else did we do? And then New Year's Eve we just stayed home and watched uh TV. Yeah, I think New Year's
0: too with Joe cooked and my mom came up and we had pork and kraut and all that. Nice. You know, we kind of just laid low.
2: Yeah, see isn't that nice. That is it, it just, it it just, it's just nice to do that because, frankly, um, New Year's Eve is amateur night. Uh
0: uh-huh.
2: It really is. It's amateur hour out there, so it's always a fr- I'm always afraid to go out.
0: <laughs> I hear you. No, we stay in every night. It's it, every New Year's Eve. It's just easier and safer.
2: Oh, absolutely, absolutely. And we so, don't uh, drink, so
0: if we drank, it would be a different story.
2: Right. Right, exactly, you know you're you're right on i you know I have my my non alcoholic champagne and you know all that stuff, and we poured those and toasted, and off we went. Uh, <laughs> were you banging
0: <laughs> your pots and pans
2: Exa- no, I wasn't banging any pots and pans, <laughs> <laughs> we did
0: <laughs>
1: did
2: you really you banged pots and pans,
1: yeah, yeah we do it
2: out the front door,
1: yeah, oh God, I'd have
2: to hurt you.
0: Uh no, our neighbors do it. it is really really fun. Oh god. <laughs> yeah, totally.
2: Um, I can just but, imagine. But besides
0: that, um, you know, anything else new going on with you?
2: No. Um, just everything's pretty much status quo and uh just working like crazy at, with the day job, so and and that's taking up, you know, a good majority of my days these days. But uh trying yeah, to get back to um, a
0: quick thing. A couple of things I wanted to talk about um before our guest uh calls in this evening. Yeah. Um one is over the Christmas holiday, uh the day after the Monday after Christmas, um I was uh on a radio program where I was able to come on and talk about POS AM, the POS AM radio show and things about that. So um if people go to my blog they can find the information. It was the Monique show. And it was on Fishbowl Radio Network and uh, Monique Howe was actually on our show. Um, you know, I think uh, I think within the first year of of Lime Radio,
2: Jeremy. I believe I, yeah, I think so, yeah I believe so I was. She want. has
0: her own radio show and it's called the Monique Live Show and she had me on and uh she was reaching out to me because she wanted to also have uh you come on too and try to reach out to Jack so um but oh, that definitely. happened. And then another thing that I just saw that the campaign to end age um, put up um, was that there was a gentleman or a kid, basically in India, yes. who basically hung himself with his bed sheets because he tested HIV positive.
2: Oh God!
0: Um, and it's it's a you know it's a big issue over in these these foreign countries to eat, treat HIV people with HIV differently. Um right. You know, I, I believe like previously we read articles where people were burnt out of their houses because they were wow. HIV positive, and that was, like, in India and stuff. So, like, it, it's treated differently, so um, that was posted there, and that's kind of sad, that's sad that people are, you know, thinking, because, you know, I, we, I don't know if it's normal, but I thought, you know, I had thoughts about things like that when I was first diagnosed, but that kind of, you know, went away, thank God, you know what I mean? So I, it, it, I'm assuming it's normal. I mean, it was for me which is something that you thought about when you were diagnosed?
2: Ending it all? Um, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I, I think the, it was, like, for a day or two. It's like, you know, I could end all of this now, you know, save anybody, any kind of heartache and all of that. And then you realize, well, suicide is just stupid. You know? So that's a nice, selfish thing to do. But... Um, but no I, I think i think it is i think it is pretty normal and a a com, not i shouldn't say normal but a common um common reaction certainly yeah. and it's it's how do you get how do you get past that and how do you move on and how do you pick up and move on so um i think i think that makes it that makes it difficult and but uh, once once you figure out that life does go on that you're not going to end you know life doesn't end um it's 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 much easier to keep keep going every day
0: yeah once you get educated that the medicine has come so far and it's you know better for you and you're living people are living longer with diseases. It, it you know it's kind of that cliche saying it gets better you
2: know what i mean exactly it does and time heals for sure
0: Right, exactly. Another thing that came out of um, the holiday season that I wanted to kind of bring up and and talk about um, is this fabulous video of our friend, Daddy Dab Garner, from Dab the AIDS Bear Project. And it's called The Faces of HIV Dab Story. And I'm going to put the link in the chat room so people can see it. It's uh, the featured video on the Posi Network if you're on there now. And it it really is a touching Touching video, and I advise you to go check it out. And it talks about it's Dab's story. It, it's how he created Dab the AIDS Bear, and what it's all about, and who it's, it's his story. Just you have to go check it out if you haven't seen it. Have you seen it, Jeremy?
2: I haven't yet. I need to go check it out.
0: Oh my God, it is amazing. Um, it, it, it just brings you to tears. So I mean, Dab is amazing. We love Dab, and I just it's just a really great video for people to see how far we've
2: come. Oh wow. Yeah, it's you know and and also there's another video that's out um with Dab and Donald Post. Remember Donald?
0: Yes, yes.
2: So there's another there's another um video that's out and uh it it talk it, Donald shares his story, Dab shares his story and then there's a plethora of other people in it and um I'll have to find the uh the link again and and send it and and post it in. I'll I'll find it as we as we start talking here and get it into the um and get it into the the chat room, but uh, it, it's it's the uh the the trailer actually for it, so.
0: Oh, awesome. I'd love to see that cuz I haven't yeah. actually seen that yet.
2: Yeah, it's it, it was really great just to see everybody in there and and say, "Hey, I know those guys. I know yous" <laughs>
3: right,
0: <laughs> there's are <our> peeps. <laughs> there's
2: our peeps. Uh,
0: what was the other thing? Um, oh shit! There was another. Oh, another video that uh, kind of went, uh, I guess, viral over the holidays was the one that was I believe created and produced by uh, the founder of Pause Magazine, Sean Stroop, and it was about um, HIV criminalization uh, laws and how they they differ state by state and how. I uh, had people share their stories, and one of those people was actually the Monique Howe that we were speaking with earlier, um, who um, obviously, you know, they talk about their personal stories and how HIV played over how people who they were with, just how they were basically criminalized for being HIV positive. It's, yeah. it's kind of hard to explain and how it's really blown out of proportion in the media. Um, that's one that I have to try to get up to. I think it's called HIV is Not a Crime. Um, if you look that up on YouTube, I think it is um, but that's yeah. that awesome. Really, it, it, it's a video that really just shows you how screwed up our system is.
2: Yeah, it 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 is screwed up, isn't it? Just yeah. you know, other people can get um, other people can get uh, you know. Uh, uh, what am I trying to say? I'm losing my mind because I'm trying to look for this. This link and then trying to speak at the same time. Um, <laughs> uh, it's we send tons and tons of dollars overseas to fight AIDS in Africa and other places, but we don't do it here, and it just it saddens me. It Very really saddens, so. yeah. So and I see
0: that our, our is on the line, but <laughs> before we bring on, I just want to say that I think Rick Santorum is an asshole. Uh, that's been all time oh! To, like, this is the bait, and a lot of things that he's been saying. I just want to put it out there that I think he's a jerk.
2: And he, he, he doesn't represent scary, everybody in Pennsylvania. <laughs> and he's a scary, scary man. Yeah, you know, for someone he's to just, think oh. the way he does in 2012, it, it's just it, it's a frightening thing.
0: Oh, but I just had to put it out there before we brought on our lovely guest.
2: <laughs> Absolutely.
0: So uh, tonight our, our fabulous guest evening is a Philadelphia pastor. Um, pastor Ingram has been living with HIV for 22 years, and she has been preaching about living with HIV and all these taboo subjects in her ministries, and I think it's a wonderful thing that she does. I actually met her for the first time a few months ago at an HIV planning council meeting and I walked in the door, and I, I'd never been to these meetings before, and I walked in. I didn't know she was going to be there. walked in the door and saw her face, and I instantly felt comfortable. I felt like ah, I know somebody. And, you know, she's just one of those people that is welcoming and is loving, and I just think she's amazing with what she does. So please help me welcome Pastor Ingram to the show. Welcome to the show, Pastor. Well, thank you very much. I don't
4: hear any fans here, though. <laughs> <laughs> I was, See, I, I keep was telling Robert that we got to get rid expecting those. all of this hand clapping and and who hoorays and, and all of that But thank you so much for your introduction.
0: Again, right, I keep like that, um doesn't like sound effects. No, huh? I do
2: like sound effects.
0: Yeah. Oh.
2: <laughs> just, well, not, not just not we'll as <laughs> not for so anyway, <laughs> we got to get the button that um has the has the applause yes. on it. Yeah, <laughs> I'll work on.
4: So how y'all doing tonight?
2: Good. How
0: are
4: Hi.
2: you? we doing well. How about you? We're
4: doing all right.
2: I'm
0: chilling.
4: Yeah. Just chilling. chilling. Max maxing is relaxing.
2: <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
4: Don't get me started.
2: Oh, oh, please do. Get started.
0: <laughs> she's had a long day, she's probably in kooky mode right now.
4: Yeah, I I have had a long day. I just I've just come from a boar's head festival. Um, yeah, it was a really nice service. But it it has been a long day, but most of my days are long. it's, it's what I do.
2: <laughs> it's how you roll. <laughs> that's how I
4: roll, that's right. <laughs> I mean, I, Excellent. Uh-huh.
2: So, well, let's get started a little bit, Pastor, and and let's let's talk about let's talk about you. And, well, you know, um, there's
4: one there's one thing that I, I'd like to clear. You said 22 years. Actually, mm-hmm. it's I don't know how long it's been. It's more than 23 because oh. I've I'm um, in recovery, um, and so I've, I'm in recovery for 23 years, and so. Um, so I've had it before I was in recovery. But okay. I was diagnosed uh my son is nineteen. So I was diagnosed about twenty years, but living with it much longer than that. Wow. Yeah. Thanks be to God. <laughs> mhm.
0: So tell us a little bit about of how how it all started for you. How how was HIV introduced to you. How was it brought to you?
4: Well, you know I'm being being an aquarian. I'm I'm a true aquarian, you know, I, uh, a lot of times, you know, I have I have my serious sides. But a lot of times I'm, I'm you know, I'm really happy go lucky, you know. And um uh my husband used to say that I lived with rose-colored glasses. You know, I can't you know, I don't deal with. Um, you know, I'm just a la 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 la. <laughs> the world is lovely. Everything's beautiful. And so, when I was in Phoenix House, when I was in treatment, um, there was a, a woman that was that was shot down from from this from from a role model program. And before she came into the house, you know, we were told that she was living with HIV. And so I remember her I remember it like it was yesterday You know, her coming in And, you know, she was shot down She had done something bad She was in bum clothes You know, and And all I remember is that, oh, You know, she has the, she has HIV You know, and, and I remember um, I remember um, You know, when When they, you know, washed You had to have separate utensils. You know, she was sitting at the table with us, but she had, you know, they bought out her food separately in separate utensils. And and it was just pure, you know, I just, you know, I I looked down on her, you know. And so then, you know, so life, you know, life went on. I got married, um, and my husband was an intravenous drug user, and he, uh, at one point, um, received this huge, uh, ugly blotch uh, um, on his arm um, that that wouldn't heal. And and so when he went to get it checked, um, you know, I don't know how long he was holding on to to what he knew, but um, he told me in March that he was HIV positive. And in September he was dead, and so during his uh, passing, you know, the hospital because he developed PCP, and um, during that period, the doctors, you know, said to me, well, you know, well maybe you need to get tested, and even going through his illness, it never dawned on me that that I had it, you know, and so they did um, they did a test. And um, I didn't have to wait. I think back then you had to wait, like, maybe two or three weeks or something. Well, whatever test they did, um, it, it measured the CD4 count. And when my CD4 count came, like, maybe three days later, it was, um, I think it was 350. So, you know, so I had been living with it for a while. So that 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 is how I was introduced to it and And I always have to clarify I always have to clarify that I didn't um get it from my husband because we had only been married we hadn't even been married a year um i had, i I got it from being in the street, you know being homeless and you know having sex all over the place and so my husband's death was how I was diagnosed wow yeah okay. so, yeah. Wow. And so, of of course, you know, after being diagnosed, now I am living in fear because he told me in March, and he died in September, and so, and so I basically was was just getting ready to die, you know, because yeah. I, I wasn't educated about it. But um, uh, bless bless him, he he was just um, in such de- denial and shame and um uh guilt and just self self loathing that he didn't he didn't talk to anybody about it his mother didn't find out until until he was in the hospital dying so basically i was the one with the secret you know and um so i kind of once once i made up my mind that i was going to you know fight and live I just did everything he didn't do. You know, if somebody stopped me in the street and said, "How you doing? I got <laughs> HIV. <laughs> I got the virus. That's how I'm doing." You know, so I just I just started talking about it with every, with, with anyone I knew. You know that that, that wanted to listen. Um, my family. During, I didn't come out to my family. My family actually came out to me. At the, I remember the night of the funeral, when we were standing outside. My sister said to me, "Are you okay? You know, wow. do you, do you have it?" And it was just, you know. So I, you know, I said yes. So yeah, so I didn't have to go through that whole coming out thing right. because you know my husband died, and they just kind of put. Two and two together, right? In 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 their limited way, not not thinking that, you know, not thinking that I I had it way before I met him. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so but my family has been my hugest my hugest um, supporters. You
1: know, Wonderful. there was
4: a mo- there was a moment of you know, of course, you know, my mom, and you know, back then that you know, people weren't ed- really educated about it. It was a death sentence. Um, so there, there was a, a time of, um, you know, crying, and you know, if if I if I got a cold, you know, everybody was like looking at me like, is is this it? You know, is this it? And but I just did everything he didn't do, right? Whatever he didn't do, I did, and and I just was determined that I was not. It was not going to be my secret. I was not going to keep that secret. Because secrets can, you know, secrets can kill you. I I often tell people that it wasn't the virus or AIDS that killed my husband. It was the it was the silence and the shame, and the stigma, you know, that yeah. he put upon himself. So I I just don't do that.
2: So how do you how do you combat the stigma issue?
4: I do what I um when I, when i came into the ministry um how do i combat it I, well i talk about it i put you know my face is plastered all over the face all over the place <laughs> as as a religious leader as a pastor
3: you mm-hmm. know
4: living with the virus um you know i just i talk about it all the time right and you know i just think that having having your face out there putting a face to it you know takes takes away the, takes away most of the stigma
2: and um what about because you are a pastor and i'm assuming yes. that um you mm-hmm. also have uh, a congregation
4: yes st Michael's st Michael's lutheran church on germantown avenue
2: plug plug <laughs> plug <laughs> <laughs> that's right mhm and so tell me how how your parishioners have reacted
4: you don't my my congregation is is superb i mean w- we are just such a a diverse um group of community of people that it it never it never was an issue mm-hmm. when when i when i um interviewed um, when i interviewed i didn't i didn't make a n when i interviewed i i didn't say anything about it i didn't disclose but um a month a month later, um an article was coming out in a, a national church magazine that was that I outed myself as a religious leader. And mm-hmm. so, you know, I didn't know in the initial interview I didn't know whether number one, when you're interviewing for stuff that's nobody's business anyway, you know? Yep. Um Personal stuff, so i so I just chose that route as the beginning um i I didn't ask them what they were living with. you know, do you have this do you have heart problems or anything? So I figured you know it really wasn't anything that I needed to say immediately, but knowing that this article was coming out made me kind of a little anxious, you know, mm-hmm. so the article dropped about. A month later, when you know and and I had been here, and when it came out there, there was nothing i mean there was there was nothing there was no um you know why you didn't tell us this or right. how how could you keep that to your you know, there was nothing it was just they just accepted me with open arms, you right. know and that's that's how we are we we were just accepting people there was you know there's never been anything they don't um if anything, when when key dates come up, like World AIDS Day or the National Week of, of Prayer or some other or healing service or something that lends itself um, to me speaking about HIV, if anything, and I'm not saying that they do this, but they've heard it so much from me, that their eyeballs probably roll up in the back of their head. Oh, God, here, <laughs> oh <laughs> here she goes again. Yeah. Yeah, here she goes again. You know, but not in a bad way. Right. You know. But um it's it's just it's not a surprise to them. And they you know, that it hasn't been an issue. Yeah. You know, when I when I introduced the HIV testing here that we have um they they got tested. Um, I, I had Philadelphia fight uh, when I first started it. I think I did it like maybe um, twice a year, and the first time was in um, the beginning of worship. You know, they they did the swab. You know, they tested myself. You know, surprise, surprise, they tested <laughs> myself and they tested the intern that was that was with me at the time, and you know, just so that they could see you know, that it was not invasive, and, you know, the process.
3: Right. And so right. then
4: we, we went on with the service, and when the results came back, you know, the lady raised her hand and said, I have the test results. And so, Pastor Ingram, sorry to inform you that you're HIV positive, and I'm like, no blankety-blank, Sherlock, you know. But, um, <laughs> and, and so... And then, you know, the intern was negative, and so we went on with the, the regular service, and then after service, the congregation was invited to come into my office to be tested, and I was surprised. I was surprised that, you know, quite a few of them did. And um, so so that let me know that they were open to that, you know. And um, so I've been testing um, bimonthly for, for the past year. And you know the con- you know the congregation is if it's helping the community you know you know and this is your passion you know I haven't gotten any i haven't gotten any kickback or anything
2: mhm
4: it's been a good thing right that, i feel alone some i f- i feel alone sometimes i i feel alone in that um not as not as many religious leaders are um, doing You know doing this That there, there are a handful But Not as many as, as I would like to see mm-hmm. um, um And So that kind of gets discouraging Sometimes I feel when it comes to my Colleagues Sometimes I feel like I'm talking You know to To the wall or something Right. Um now whether whether that is because as you stated in the beginning about taboo subjects and and stuff i think i think a lot of people i think a lot of religious leaders and i'm not going to say all of them but i think that a lot of religious leaders are um more concerned with um how somebody got you know making moral m- moral judgments and instead of instead of just doing what needs to be done you know what i'm saying who cares really who cares who you sleeping with and 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 what you're doing as right. as long as you're protecting as long as you're protecting yourself and you know i know even saying that as a religious leader you know you know you have people that ha- that 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 have a lot of theological uh, debates about um you know just passing judgment and just you know i i i believe that god that God wants us to live um healthy wholesome lives you know what i'm saying yep um and and not And and I'm not saying by no means am I condoning um, having sex willy-nilly. I'm not. You know, the best, we we all know that the the safest sex is no sex at all. Um, But people are having sex. People are going to church on Sunday (laughs) and coming home and getting busy, you know. Yeah. And the yeah. you, you know, you know r- r- really. Yeah. So w- why not just be sure that people are safe or people un- or people are educated about risky behaviors.
2: Mhm.
0: Um
4: you know
2: So so let me ask you then um as as a pastor, as mm-hmm. as a member of the church do you condone safer sex using condoms?
4: yes, and in fact, I'm trying to um I am prayerfully uh, what is on my heart now to do, you know, but of course i'm I'm gonna have to touch base with with my congregation um because i'm I'm thinking about having uh condoms on my porch. <laughs> a little box that says free condoms. You know what I'm, you know? Yeah. Anybody you know. wants to come up and get a get a condom, come get a condom. You know, but again, I have to be very, I have to be cognizant a lot of times of um, because I, I I can be out there. You know, I I can be kind of. Um, I don't want to say scandalous but um <laughs> yes, I don't want you. to say scandalous. <laughs> shock value, you know, getting getting people's attention. Um but I have to be careful that I don't um put the church in a right. compromise a, a compromising situation. You know what I'm saying? But I would yeah, love absolutely. to I would love to um have free condoms you know to be a, to, to be you know the area that I'm in you know it wouldn't hurt
2: right right well I, you know any time that somebody can get a hold of you know a condom free or otherwise it's um it's helpful and it helps you know because it really does help the community
4: mm-hmm. at la- yeah. In, at large. yeah, yeah. it it helps the community, but then you know you have to think about the people. Who are going to talk about the pastor who is passing out free condoms? And what does that you know? And 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 what does that mean? You know what I'm saying? Yep. Well, for me and for you and and for those in our community, it knows it, it means that we're we're looking to protect at, um, the health of the community. Right. But for others, others are busy reading other you know stuff into it
2: right you know adding the judgment on top of yeah,
4: it yeah 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 and yeah, and so.
2: what i think i think what you're doing from a um from a from a faith based initiative is you know tearing down the bricks of of mm-hmm. the of the whole taboo if you will mm-hmm. of mm-hmm. of sex and right, of right. hiv and all of this and right. saying you know what right. you're human you're yeah. you're going to do these things yeah so if yeah. you're going to do them
3: do, do them, them safely
2: exactly do them safely, mm-hmm. do them within reason, nobody's mm-hmm. going to pass judgment on you because there's nobody there's nobody here qualified to judge you
3: mm-hmm. and exactly. that's what
2: and that's and I think that's what I'm hearing from you
3: mm-hmm. as
2: you're mm-hmm. describing this so, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
4: so i right. so
2: as as michael in in the chat room says, i applaud you pastor ingram i applaud oh, you
4: thank you michael thank you thank so, you yeah i mean it's it's a yeah you know, my my mind is always my mind is always okay now if i do this what's gonna come what's gonna- you know what's gonna happen you know um, i think the 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 latest article that was in the city paper um that that took that that took a lot out of me um, be- because it was because you know everybody was just I couldn't walk down the street.
0: <laughs> I could walk without down without someone the
4: knowing. Yeah, without someone, you know, knowing me. And it was it was a good thing. And even that even through that none of none of it was negative. It was just overwhelming um energy. Um you know, we had a lot of people coming to the church, visiting, and um but there was an article that you put up on Facebook that that I don't that, that I don't like I don't, you know, and it was the one that was done um, by um, uh, minister, minister Robert. You put it up there about an hour ago.
0: Oh, it's already down.
4: It was. It's down. Yeah. Yeah, black. It was, I think it was blackaids.org. the The person, the person that did that interview. Um, you know you have when you're doing these kind of things you run the risk of being misquoted or um people putting stuff in there that's not that's not true and um i was never i was never a prostitute i never prostituted myself i had i had plenty sex <laughs> <laughs> i had i had plenty sex
1: but i never
4: prostituted myself and i never went in stores and and stole anything you know i never i never did that to get high you know what i'm saying right and so you know what what that interview taught me was that um people put you in boxes you know what i'm saying you mm-hmm. know for for me to be you know smoking crack like i was and being homeless you know some people just automatically just say oh she was smoking crack, she was a drug addict she was living in the streets so naturally she was prostituting herself oh, naturally, of course, naturally yeah. she was she was out there you know stealing in the stores which was you know it was that that didn't happen and i have nothing against prostitutes i mean because well actually i have nothing against sex workers you know I respect sex workers. Um, when I went to um the first what, AIDS uh conference was that? It was in two thousand six in Toronto. My eyes were my eyes were open to you because know, I always called them prostitutes, you know. And I always had you know, in, in my mind I always judged them for doing what they were doing. But my eyes were open to, you know, uh women who this was their uh living. This yeah. is how they provided for their families. And and why wouldn't um why why shouldn't they be afforded health care and civil rights? Um, yeah, they wh- are know, putting their why, lives why in danger. why wouldn't yeah, why wouldn't yeah. we um have insurance for them? Because again, they're servicing, you know, the men in the community and so if you're not protecting the the sex workers, you're putting um families in 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 danger but that's another thing that 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 I could probably get flack about for supporting sex workers, but you know
2: you know they they are out there risking life and limb you know mm-hmm. and I'm not saying by by just you know having sex it's mm-hmm. a lot of these sex workers are under the direction of pimps.
3: Mm -hmm. And, Mm -hmm.
2: you know, you never know whose car they're going to get into or Mm -hmm. what back alley Mm -hmm. they're going to end up on. And Mm -hmm. and it's, they need the support. They need Mm -hmm. not to, Mm -hmm. that's a whole other topic that we should talk Mm -hmm. about sometimes Mm -hmm. is, is, you know, sex workers and HIV, because Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you want to talk about stigma. Mm
4: -hmm. Mm -hmm. Exactly, exactly. And, you know, I'm not saying that, you know, I'm sure that a lot of, I'm sure that there are some women who, are doing it by choice, you know, that they really don't have to, or they're just doing it. But there are women in other countries that have that have literally have n- no other way of um, supporting their feeding their families, right? Um, yeah. So, so anyway, that's why I did why I didn't like that that interview with BlackAids.org, dot org,
1: you know, yeah, and no, I, I, totally fa- I
4: found I found it kind of. It, it even, you know, kind of hurt me a little deeper because the person that that did the interview was a sister, you know. Right. You know. Well, you know. So, you should, did you contact them about it? I mean, I'm. Well, you know. I, you know, I, I, I commented on the, on the article itself. Wow. Uh, um.
0: So who knows if they really saw it well.
4: Listen, uh, real quick, we
0: are down to the last 20 minutes of the show, so I just want to ask people, if you want to call in and speak to the pastor, have a question, you can reach us here at 347-215-9442. Press the number one button if you're sitting on hold, so we know you want to come on air and speak to us. I have a question coming out of... Oh, I get of, to talk to
3: people?
0: Yeah, you can call in, absolutely. Uh, um, again, cool. 347-215-9442. Um, a question I've... In the chat room here on Pause, I am chat room says, "What advice can you give to one who believes being open about his or her status has to be and has been ostracized by family, but is trying to develop a voice socially by speaking more publicly, no matter what people may think about themselves in the Bible Belt?"
4: Say what? Now? Say it again?
0: Yeah, right. What kind of advice can you give to somebody who's been ostracized for being out about his HIV status? Um, and he's saying that he lives kind of in, in the Bible belt area in the South and he's his family has really been on him and he wants to start being a voice, um, mm. like an activist and, and yeah. what advice would yeah. you give him? Yeah, well
4: the the you know, I think the first thing that comes to my mind is um to surround himself with with positive minded people. You know, you need he needs a support he needs a support system. He needs he needs other people that so that he's not doing it by himself. Um, right. I think that's basically the first thing I would kind of say is, you know, it's, it's one thing to be out and vocal and, you know, you know, out there about it, but you can't do it. You can't do it by yourself because you know they'll each, you know, you can get eaten up. So it's that's it's good to have, right. is, is, huh?
0: No, I said you're absolutely right. I agree. Yeah.
4: You know, you have to you know, have some positive people, a support system in place, or start getting one in place. Or move. <laughs> <laughs> there you have it, James. A
0: support system or, will be good. And I think being a part or of or my move, land, she
2: said. Or move. Or move.
0: <laughs> it is a great first pass for a move. Um, we do have a caller on hold, so I want to go ahead and bring this caller on the air. Okay. Area code 773. What's your name where are you calling from?
1: Uh, My name is Eric. I'm calling from Chicago, Chicago, Illinois. What was your name? My name is Eric. Hi, Eric. Hi, Eric. Hi. Uh, I just want to firstly say hello to Pastor Ingram, and I'm, I'm such a huge fan of the amazing work you're doing uh, with the faith-based community, right? Um, oh. And it's like I'm hearing all this exciting news surrounding HIV and AIDS in 2012, like, The themes of uh, creating an age-free generation, um, getting to zero, those are all great and exciting messages. But what we're seeing here on the ground here in Chicago Mm -hmm. is that uh, individuals are still afraid to Mm -hmm. uh, embrace an HIV status, Mm -hmm. if I may say that, Mm -hmm. if they Mm -hmm. uh, address their Address mm-hmm. those issues that are preventing mm-hmm. them from seeking the treatment that's available mm-hmm. to them, and mm-hmm. and and what, what what we're seeing is that stigma is a primary barrier mm-hmm. to mm-hmm. individuals receiving that care that mm-hmm. so very needed. Mm-hmm. And I and I'm just want to ask you, what do you think? That, what role do you think that the faith-based community could play in a in in making these uh these goals achievable? Uh, uh, an age-free generation, right? Mm-hmm. I, I, I think the faith-based community could definitely set the pace mm-hmm. in that. And
4: how do you mm-hmm. think you
1: guys could work in helping mm-hmm. to make that a reality? Well,
4: you know, I think um, um, t- talking about it from the pulpit, um, talking about HIV, or if you can't talk about HIV, have someone come in um, that, that's willing, that that they could do a you know, a little talk about it. Um, having services, having services, healing services ar- around the issue. Um, and really, I think I think um, that people in the f- uh, faith-based people need to get tested themselves first mm. um, before you before you ask any anyone in your congregation or in your community to do it. You you need to get tested yourself first. You can't you have to lead by example.
3: Right. And
4: I, I also think that um the buildings the buildings that um churches have can be used for um HIV work. You know, um having use, using your building to, to have HIV testing or have an organization come in and do some HIV education and testing and all of that, that kind of stuff, you know. I think you know we just we just have to all get get very proactive and you know the getting to zero thing is is nice it's a beautiful concept but we you know like you said we do have to deal with the here and the now and the people who are still feeling um, shame or fear and um, you know, so I just think that the, the more people that faith based people use you know HIV positive people you know, to put a face to it within the congregation or within the community, you know, maybe that will do something.
0: You know, Pastor, I totally agree with you. Um, You know, and I think what you're doing by having people come and get get tested at your church, I -hmm. think that's something Mm -hmm. that a lot of, um, you know, churches or faith-based organizations can do to to Mm -hmm. kind of help get the word out. And it's, it's mm-hmm. kind of weird to me that talking about h i v is so taboo when it comes mm-hmm. to you know faith based mm-hmm. organizations, but talking about getting a mammogram isn't yeah
4: yeah exactly, you know what I mean, yeah, exactly,
0: mm-hmm. and it shouldn't be like that it's just mm-hmm. it's just advising people to go and mm-hmm. get tested for something that mm-hmm. you know could save
4: their life, mhm, you're right, you're right well eric you you oh, keep good. on you keep doing what you're what you're doing there, you know. Start. Start using, the. Start using. I mean, in in every city, I'm sure that there's plenty of HIV organizations. You know, start start calling them and and using them. You know, like Philadelphia Fight comes out at no charge. You know. Um, mhm. So use. I, use I go there. People. I love them there. Mhm. Yeah. I love them too.
0: Yeah, they do great stuff there for people. So. Um, yeah. One of the other questions that was in the chat room earlier was they asked, Do you um, are you are you invited places to speak whether it to be to students or, or to our youth? Or and then the question that I have is do you ever go and speak to other um maybe people of faith? People
4: I, who are I you know, have definitely. I have done a lot of I have done a lot of speaking and preaching, you know, going and visiting um other congregations. Um, yes. And I'm also the chaplain of the Lutheran Youth Organization. Um, deal, you know, I I'm around a lot of junior high and senior high uh youth in Southeast Penn and and I always I'm always talking to them about safe safety. Um you know, but I'm starting how do I say this? You know, I I can't be at all places at all times. And, and and I can't be the the one that people are just gonna continue to use use me to come and I, I don't wanna say entertain or put my story out there over and over and over and then when I leave, you know, it's 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 um what's that saying? As usual. It's business as usual. You know. Um if if we're gonna talk you know, there has to be some follow up behind it. That's that's how right. I'm starting to think now. You know, I'm kind of I'm it's, it's it's exhausting to yeah. be you know to be asked to come talk here, come talk there, come talk here. So then, yeah. So so now I came and talk. You I've, now I've come and talked, and and you've done your your duty. You know to hear me. You know, and then after that, nothing goes on. You know, it's just. I'm like, you know, get off the pot. <laughs>
0: <laughs> no, um, you know, um, a couple of weeks ago we had on um, uh, a fabulous <laughs> lady of faith like yourself, Bishop Joyce Turner Keller. And mm-hmm. one of the questions that um, we talked about was, you know, when somebody's newly diagnosed, they always ask, you know, why God, why God, did, why did this happen to me? You know, why did he allow mm-hmm. this to happen to me? Um, mm-hmm. Was that question
4: ever your head.
0: Of course.
4: In the beginning I was like pissed I was pissed at God. You know, I was yeah. When when my friends you know, was dying, I was pissed at I was angry at God for for a good minute. But, you know, mm-hmm. at some point, at some point, you know, you have to take accountability for your your own actions, you know, when when you break it down, when you break it all the way down, why? Why did I get the viruses? Because I didn't use protection, um, mm-hmm. you know. And I guess that's with, with anybody with a um, with a terminal illness or a debilitating disease. You know, that it's, it's a valid question. Why me? You know. Um,
0: One of the things that struck me as surprising was she said that she felt that why not her? Maybe God chose her, mm-hmm. just like maybe God mm-hmm. chose you. Mm-hmm. He knows that you can yeah. preach yeah. and, and deliver. Yeah. yeah,
4: and you know, it, it, you know, I've I've I'm, I've been there, and it's like you know, being sexually abused by my dad as growing up, um, domestic violence. You know, everything that has happened in my life, um, there's there's a, a verse, a Bible story that, that I forgot what it was, but it talks about for such a time as this. Um that everything our collective experience, you know, my collective experience in life has prepared me for doing what I'm doing now so so yeah, so I understand the why not me? I've heard that a million times, it's just it sounds cliche to me, and I don't like using cliche um right.
1: uh
4: terms, but yeah, that's exactly that's exactly true, everything that has happened. To me, up to now, I mean, I've, I've had to do a lot of um, therapy, you know, internal work, and so I'm, I, you know, why, you know, why not me? Because it's if I didn't have that experience back then, I can't minister to you now. Does that make sense? Yep. No, absolutely,
2: absolutely. You know, it's it's you know, you you, you hit the nail on the head. It's we try, you know, I. I work with an organization here in Charlotte, North Carolina that we want to get a speaker we're trying to get a speakers bureau built and mm. uh, we were talking about, you know, I can't go and talk to um inner city Uh, Folks of color Because Mm -hmm. I don't relate Mm -hmm. to them I don't, Mm -hmm. you know, Mm -hmm. they're going to just look at me and go Yeah, Mm -hmm. okay, you know, whatever You're Mm -hmm. not me, you don't live my life Mm -hmm. So we have to find those people that Mm -hmm. do Right? Mm -hmm. And and you're saying The same thing It's Mm -hmm. If if, if I didn't have these experiences How can I minister
4: to those Mm -hmm. Who
2: Mm -hmm. did, you
4: know Mm -hmm. But but also um, About you going into the inner city You know, I I believe that it's um, it takes a lot of relational work, building relationships. So I'm I wouldn't I wouldn't count you out completely as not being able to do it. You just may have to um find a community um and develop relationships, you know, before. You know right. maybe six months I mean people you know, they have to get to know you and, and, and start exactly. to trust you. Exactly. You know, so I, I wouldn't say that you can't do it. Permanently, you know, it's just it would probably be a little harder for you to do it,
2: right? And and that's and so it's I can certainly uh-huh. get the message out, right?
4: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
2: But yeah. How is the message going to fall if I don't yeah. have the same experiences to share?
3: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. True. Okay. All right.
2: And I, and I think it, I think it goes with, you know, it's and I'm just using that as an example because it,
3: mm-hmm.
2: it's Um I didn't have the same background. That you had, but mm-hmm. I can, mm-hmm. but where I can relate to you is, well, yeah, I had plenty of unprotected sex, and guess
0: what mm-hmm. happened?
4: Mm-hmm. Here mm-hmm. I am. Right, right, <laughs> right, right,
0: right, right. Very true. Yep. Well, it seems we are down to the last couple minutes. So I have the one question that we always tend to seem to ask at the end. If somebody new to diagnosed and walks into maybe your church and asks you for advice, what's the one piece of advice to them?
4: If somebody what?
0: Somebody walked into your church and asked you for advice, and they just tested HIV positive. What kind of advice would you offer them?
4: Oh, okay. It would be, um, it's not over. It's not over till it's over. I mean, it's not over. It's, this is it's just the beginning. Um, it's not a death sentence. Be kind to yourself. That's a good one. Be kind to yourself. You know, don't beat yourself up. Surround yourself with positive people.
0: Very so true. So so true. Well, thank you so number. much for joining us this evening, Pastor.
4: Well, thank you. The hour went by quickly.
0: Yes, it did, yes, didn't it? it, did. it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I hope we didn't yeah. keep you up too late.
4: No, no, no. I'm I'm getting ready for I'm going to... Watch Real Housewives of Atlanta in a little bit. <laughs> 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 see, see what Nene is up to. <laughs> oh no!
2: <laughs> oh lordy, lordy! You know I they're love only you just. Guys. Love you too. Love Thank you, you too. so much for joining us.
4: All right. Good night. Good night. Have a great night.
2: Bye bye. Oh, what a great, great, great woman she is. Uh, it takes a lot of strength and a lot of courage, and and just sounds like she's got all of that.
0: Yes, yes. And, you
2: know, for
0: I, people, I think people who, because they find it so taboo to mix faith and HIV and sex and gay issues and all together, and for people who are involved in faith-based organizations or, you know, have a congregation, people like Harvey, who was on the street, sh- and, and um, you know, and Pastor Eggman this evening, those type of people who are talking about it on the front lines and doing that, I think those people need to be applauded. I mean, it's just – it's awesome for them to be able to take the stand and be like, you know what, it's okay, you know what I mean, and we're still going to preach what we believe in, you know what I mean, and allow people to have the opportunity to experience it.
2: Absolutely. I mean, there are – it's just – it's – It's so rewarding when you can get out into into the field and and talk to people and and really tear down the the misconceptions and the appear and, and the um and the, and the and the and the myths that surround HIV. And, and when somebody actually, my my favorite thing is when someone says, "Jeremy, I have a question about HIV," and it, it's just it's it's awesome. That's an awesome feeling when when people are asking those questions.
0: Right, like, oh, I hope you don't mind.
2: Right. Uh, of course I don't mind. Like,
0: Ask away. Yeah, well, but a lot of people think that, you know, that it's something they don't want to talk about because it's so taboo.
2: Right. Right, wow. exactly. Exactly. So what else do you have going
0: on for um, anything new on your website? I saw you did a new logo. Oh, yeah, I've done my a logo. logo was- I know, but...
2: Oh, yeah, I finally, good. I finally put it in there. Um, I've got my uh, my cafe press store, so if anybody wants some positively speaking gear, log in. You can buy a t shirt, you know, or a tote bag or a or a mug. Um, <laughs> I've got and there's pet pet stuff in there too. So if you want to get Fido uh, a little positively speaking um, t shirt, there's one out there for for Fido hats all kinds of things so and and by the way any any uh any and all proceeds that I get from from those sales actually go directly to um community um to into the HIV community here so I turn around and donate that all that money so cool. uh, I'm I'm not cool. making any money off of it I just take the take the commission and give it right over
0: there you have it. So, PositivelySpeaking.com dot com is where you want to go. Jeremy's right. hour flew by. I know. Um, next week, uh, Jack will be joining me, so you'll be off. Um, oh, okay. but next week, uh, Greg Halpin will be joining us, uh, the relationship guru. Um, so, again, more information you can find on Jeremy at positivespeaking.com. More information on myself, the show, past radio shows, you can go to PosIam dot com. Okay, have a great evening, and I hope you enjoy your week.
2: Oh, I, I plan on it. Have a good week, everybody.
0: All right. Thanks, everyone, for tuning in.
2: And we're signing off.
4: I contracted a preventable disease from a guy that looked good and smelled good, but never mentioned that he had HIV. But he is not the blame. I should have loved myself enough to protect myself. But through it all, I found self love, and it's the greatest thing I ever felt. I was never less than or equal to AIDS, but always greater. I just realized that not caring for myself or my body, I was my biggest hater. I am author of The Naked Truth, Marvel Brown, and I am greater than AIDS.